I am you And you are me It's just a crazy storm Hi, I'm Peter And I'm Felice Welcome to Action Packed On our weekly travel podcast We interview some amazing people Who ventured to the far corners of the world We hope you'll feel as inspired as we do By their extraordinary journeys So let's go straight to the action This week, we're talking to Wendy Payne, whose own podcast, Travel with Wendy, is a bit like an American version of action-packed travel. Wendy promotes small businesses and helps travelers around the globe, whether it's hiking in Alabama or exploring the Scottish Highlands. Check out her blog, podcast, and YouTube channel at travelwithwendy.net. Well, welcome, Wendy. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's, It's good to have you and good to have someone on the other side of the Atlantic. Exactly. I feel the same way. (laughs) So how long have you been running your show for? Travel with Wendy has been around for five years now. I started in Germany. I'm a military spouse and I started writing for uh, the newspapers for the military to help uh, get spouses off post and kind of uh, out of their little comfort zone to experience what was around them. Uh, What we were finding out was a great deal of military spouses were home alone, and they were here in a strange country with a strange language, with strange customs, and uh, we were finding out there was a lot of depression and sadness because the spouses would be deployed further away, Afghanistan, Iraq. And and so there was a lot of isolation and there wasn't a real place for people to connect and explore. And so part of my job was to write these kind of fun articles of uh, the local area. And I was studying German on base on one of the American bases. And my core little group, uh, I told them about my job. And I said, I need I need a test group, because I want to test these places out before I, I promote them. And of course, right away, I had several volunteers. I want to go. I want to go. Oh, you're talking about a fest in Germany? I want to go. Uh, and I, I think there's uh, security in numbers when you travel and in, in groups of women. And of course, there isn't a business in the world that doesn't love to see a bunch of Americans walking in with so. <laughs> That's great. So five years is quite a long time. You've learned a lot about podcasting in that. I have. I have. I have a lot. (laughs) I started out as a tour operator, then a travel writer, and I have been, I was being asked over and over, you really need to start a podcast because you meet some fascinating people and wonderful people. You should add that to your list. And of course, just like you busy travelers, people always have really great ideas on what you should do, right? So I didn't realize how much I would love it, though. I, I really love uh, podcasting and interviewing new people or old friends that I know from around the globe and getting them to share their heartbeat of the world. So you were born in New York? Yes, northern New York, about the 20 minutes from the Canadian border in a little tiny town called Canton. It has a university, St. Lawrence University is there because we were right along the St. Lawrence River and it's very cold there. Into the area for skiing. I mean, yes, Adirondacks, Lake Placid, it's all right there. Yeah, and it's beautiful in the fall. The winter is just a little bit long for me now. (laughs) It's a very long winter. Yeah, certainly in Canada. And we know Quebec was not so far away. No, it's very cold. 
Yeah, I have relatives who still live in Montreal that we visit. And it's, again, just a beautiful, I love Canada, a beautiful country. But I just don't know if I could live there full time anymore. Since then, you've just kept on traveling because of meeting your husband and traveling the world. Yeah, so he, uh, he's he been in the military. He was uh, active duty for over 20 years, and now he's uh, working as a government civilian. And we've actually moved a little bit more as in his civilian career from post to post, almost a 30-year marriage. We've, we've moved about 17 times. So where are you based now? We're in Alabama. That's very so. different from Germany. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, we're in Huntsville, Alabama, which is where uh, NASA is and uh, the Space and Rocket Center. And I actually have an interview with them tomorrow. They have an uh, international renowned space camp and children from all over the world come to learn about space and hopefully get them inspired to possibly join the space program someday or at least study science more. So is most of your audience still military or is it widened out beyond? Well, it's, start, you know... Just like everything else, it's starting to grow. But yes, it's mostly military communities. I do speak. I'm getting ready to go around the country, um, kind of, <laughs> thanks to COVID, to Colorado Springs. And I'll be speaking to uh, some military families out there. And do you do traveling sort of locally? Or did you do traveling locally, sort of hike, hikes and things like that? Yep. And now that we're, I'm here in the States for a couple years and possibly we'll go back to Germany or Europe, I have really uh, dove into hiking around here. Just this two weeks ago, we went to Lexington, Kentucky for the weekend. And you know nobody's really out right now except on the hiking trails. So it was just wonderful hiking around uh, Kentucky. So I'll be having a podcast coming out about that too. And what we discovered. And, and then uh, this week, we're going to Asheville and in North Carolina. So there's a lot of beautiful trails in North Alabama. We're at the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains. So it's, yeah. it's lots of freshwater lakes and actually mountains and hills. And yeah. And when you were based in Germany, did you travel around Europe a lot? Sure. So I started a small company, a, a small tour company that's part of Travel with Wendy. And uh, once that little group grew from doing day trips, we went further. So we went to Italy, Slovenia, Scotland, uh, and I would only take about five to six uh, because also at the core of who I am is supporting small businesses. So we would stay at bed and breakfasts, chateaus, agriturismos. And uh, again, I would only take the small groups and uh, rented a big, we called it a minibus. <laughs> And and we went uh, country to country and stayed for about five days and yeah, everywhere. Because as you say, a lot of military spouses coming over from the States and coming arriving in Europe, it's a very strange environment for them because the language yes. is different, the customs are completely different. It's how you get on a train. How do you travel by train, for example? Exactly. And as you know, because England has some of the best, traveling by train is a major form of transportation. And sometimes it's much easier to take the train than to hop in your car based on traffic patterns and, and busy times of year. So I have an entire book I've written on how to take the train in Europe because of that. It's not that hard once you learn the systems, but I did learn that Spain is a little different than Germany. Germany is a little different than England. And so, so just knowing those systems before you go kind of gives you that sense of ease. We, we certainly found that last year we were in the Czech Republic and in Slovakia nearby and we found the trains really good 
But was it difficult to work out which platform? It was extremely difficult because you had the platform number, but it didn't seem to correspond to the uh, the edge of the track. And Where were you in the Czech Republic? We went to Prague and we went to Brno, which is mm-hmm. the yeah. And then we went to a few other little towns and things all around. Quite a bit around Moravia we went to. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite little towns is Carlo Vivari, and uh, which is a little bit, probably an hour and a half, two hours from Prague. And uh, it's where Queen Latifah did her movie, um, Holiday, Last Holiday. And it's James Bond. I think they actually filmed like two or three James Bond there. But it's, it used to be called Carlsbad. And we looked into taking the train or the bus from Carlo Vivari to Prague. It was only an hour, an hour and a half, and it was so incredibly affordable. It was ridiculous. It was going to be like 10 euros for John and I. But we were about ready to take it, and we get to the train station, and they said, oh, that bus is not really reliable, so you might get up there, but you might not make it (laughs) So we were, "Um, I think we'll just spend another day here. We, we certainly travelled long distances, didn't we, across both countries? By train, yeah. By train. And as you say, it was sort of 10 euros for travelling, uh, I don't know, sort of uh, 500 miles. It was extraordinary. Whereas where we live in, in England, it costs a, a, a fortune just to travel up to London for the day. And we're only uh, 70 miles away. One of the most affordable uh, train travel, I think, is along the Riviera in France on the, the Côte d'Azur. They have a specific tourist train that runs up and down the uh, the coast uh, during the summertime. And it is so affordable. I see you spent some time in Meyerhofen in Austria, where they also yes. have, a, they have a steam train there. I have not taken that. Yeah, yeah. we love Meyerhofen. We went there for a month. Do you go skiing there? No, we yeah, went, yeah, we do. Summer. But we went there in summer, which is even more beautiful. Yeah, biking yeah. And biking, it's great. I took a small group, actually just some friends from uh, New Jersey last year who flew over into Zurich, which is uh, going to be a travel tip right there. For Americans flying to Europe, the flights from America to Zurich are 200 to $300 cheaper than anywhere in to fly into mainland Europe. So I always tell people, just get yourself to Europe or Zurich and then you can go anywhere you want, either by train or or the hopper, Ryanair, Iberia, whatever. <laughs> you know? But Zurich is inexpensive. Because <laughs> of going to Meyerhofen, you can fly to Oh, Zurich. Meyerhofen, yes. So yeah. we were, this little group, we were staying in Innsbruck, and I said, oh, we're going to go to Meyerhofen for the day because I've been there for the Cows Come Home celebration in the fall. And I made friends with this guest house owner there, Maria, who I just love. Her little chateau or a chalet is right at the base of the mountain, right under the gondola. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not a gondola. What is that? It, it, is, a, it is a gondola. Yeah. Is yeah. it? It's so big. It's, a, it's <laughs> halfway between a cable car and a gondola. Yeah. And um, she's just so pleasant. And it's just her and her husband and their two almost 20-year-old children now that run their little guest house. And it's so personable. And you can hear the cows when you're going to bed with their bells. And then when you wake up in the morning. Can you remember the name of the guest house? It's Guest House Oblasser. <laughs> but it's also on my website. So. <laughs> Your tip about Zurich, it also applies to Geneva because I think it's all travel to Switzerland from, from the States is, is really good value. 
I do the marketing for Val d'Isere Ski Resort in France. And we have American journalists come over every year, uh, groups of travelers come over, and they go via Geneva. It's almost cheaper than going to the Rocky Mountains. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and people will say, well, well, what do I do about a rental car? And they say, if, you're, if you do fly into Zurich, take a train. It's really inexpensive from Absolutely. Zurich to Munich. You can rent the car in Germany, and it's so much cheaper if you're worried about you know, the cost of that. But I, I am learning to tell people, don't be always so concerned on cost, because sometimes the most inexpensive is also the most traumatic. <laughs> so. Yes, my advice would always be to travel by train, particularly to Swiss resorts, where more often than not, there's a train station actually in the resort. Alternatively, private and shared taxis and minibuses, as well as regular buses from the airports. If you, if you Google Geneva or Zurich and your destination, you'll find a, a dozen different alternatives, ways of getting there. Do you have a favourite spot in Europe that you've been to? I do, and it's probably going to surprise you. <laughs> it's Scotland. Oh, wow. Whereabouts yeah. in Scotland? All, all over? Oh, well, you can tell from my blog, I, I went nine times in five years to Scotland. So I have been everywhere in Scotland except for Orkney and Shetlands. So you know Scotland much better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so funny because my, <laughs> my English friends say the same thing. They say, oh, wow, I haven't been there. But I, I really do. Uh, I've been out to the Isle of Arran. I, I love the Oban area. Of course, the Isle of Skye and Inverness. I fly into Edinburgh, and then I kind of decide where I'm going to go from there. And the rental cars are actually affordable, I think. Do you have a favorite place in the USA? I, I really love uh, mountains and uh, hills. So I'm heading to Colorado in August again for 10 days. So I'm very excited. It has been a while since I've been there, but I will be there for 10 days between uh, Denver, Colorado Springs, and Vail, doing some hiking and seeing friends and, and also working a little bit too. But uh, I love the national parks and the state parks in America. And I'm actually, I've been trying to do a campaign this year because our state parks around America have lost 100% of their federal funding. So whenever I'm at a state park, I usually do a shout out like, please because, you know, I don't want them to go away. I love to hike. I'm excited. I'm also going to Oregon. I've never been. And I've heard that once you go, you kind of leave your heart there. But I do love Maine and Vermont. And I was in Massachusetts for quite some time. So I love Cape Cod, that area. And yeah, there are some areas that I, I really enjoy. We'll be in Charleston and Savannah next week. I saw that you had on YouTube some advice about packing and saying that you should just take cabin baggage. Is that what you do? That's all I do. I have this little, well, you probably saw it from the video, but I just have this little pack. And I think people do scenarios in their head of, well, I might have a fancy night that I need to have this. And these shoes go really well with that. When you're traveling, I always tell people comfortable shoes, uh, comfortable clothing, and you can mix and match and scarves and accessories can change a, an outfit completely. So just don't really go crazy. So mostly it's just four outfits and you just interchange, especially a lot of times if you're just going for those five days, you don't need as much as you think, but it's, it's usually my American friends that I have to have a chat with because they, they come with the big... <laughs> For yep. a five-day tour. 
we're terrible because normally we do a lot of uh, skiing in the winter, which is one of our main subjects. And that involves taking a lot of stuff with you because, Equipment. you know, you've got to take... Yes, yes, yes. And ski clothes and normal clothes. It, it's, it's quite a lot of stuff to take. Well, and I've learned with hiking, with doing the hiking trips five years ago when I started, I can put most everything, even if it's just three pairs of pants and four shirts and roll them up. And if they get kind of nasty in the five days. You just rinse them out and wash them and hang them up to dry. And then by the next morning, they're ready to go. But you're hiking. You're sweating gross. (laughs) And wherever you go, you seem to take quite a lot of video, which you put on YouTube. Yeah, I started my YouTube channel. uh, I I like looking at it now uh, five years ago when I started. Yeah, I I like to do video. And I found out through um, just trial and error that people are really visual. And they like seeing the photographs. So even on my blog, I I still will write a 1,200 to 1,500 word blog, but I will probably have about 30 to 35 photos in that same blog because people are just visual. They want to see. And more and more, my son is 22 and he is uh, studying music videography. And he said, mom, people just want to watch moving pictures. So even if you just take a video of people walking in a street in a plaza in Italy, they're excited about it. (laughs) So So do you just have one child or more? Uh, We have three. Our oldest is Katie. She's actually still in Germany. She is 25 years old. I had to think for a second. Uh, Christopher's 22. And then our youngest, Jessica, she's 17, going to be 18 in just a couple of weeks. So So do you have um, any stories from your travels about things that have gone wrong or funny stories? Oh, yes. I have a few. One of the most recent ones, which you will probably have a similar story. We were in uh, the village of Assisi in Italy. And as you know, in Europe and in the UK, almost every weekend, there's a festival of some kind going on somewhere. And you may not always get a heads up on it because in my experience, a lot of times that information can only be found at the local tourism office or maybe on a sign that somebody posts somewhere, unless it's like an annual event. And sometimes they'll, you know, the, the whole community just knows that that's the weekend of the Festival of St. Margaret and they know that it's happening. So we were in Assisi uh, in this past fall. I have gone to Perugia and Assisi also eight times in the last five years. Never had anything like this happen. And we were there and (laughs) there was a festival, which I was kind of excited about because I I thought, oh, what great luck. I have this group. We're visiting this wonderful town. So we go through the churches. We walk through the town. We shop in the shops. And all of a sudden, I start noticing that they're putting up cones all around the entrances and exits of the city. And after dinner, I didn't think anything of it. I'm calling my driver and he says, oh, I'm sorry, they've closed the town down for the festival. I can't get to you. (laughs) And I said, what? (laughs) So he said, okay, maybe. And I just felt like we were in some kind of movie. (laughs) And the joke was on us. Uh, because everyone was walking around with these beautiful costumes from the 1300s, and I was able to get wonderful <laughs> photography, uh, but my group was getting a little nervous as it was nearing towards 10:30 at night. 
<laughs> and it was dark and we were in this Italian town. But, and my Italian is only piccolo, piccolo, piccolo. I finally was able to contact uh, my good friend, Raffaella, who we were staying with and said, I need help. I can't get a hold of our driver. We need to come home. <laughs> so she directed us to this old back gate of Assisi. <laughs> and I could see him waving. <laughs> and we had to run down there. But we had to run like about a kilometer <laughs> to outside the city. Oh, and there was a bonfire, which kind of scared us a little bit. It, but that was normal. They were um, killing the evil spirits. But my group was a little nervous, but we we were we were okay. <laughs> We've sometimes been to Italy in August, and now we know that August the fifteenth, everything is closed everywhere. It's a huge. It's their biggest one of their biggest festivals. Yeah, yeah. Want to yeah. Go there. I, I I've had that happen to me too, and. <laughs> Well, you can arrive if it's a weekend and we've arrived before now at an airport and we're going to go to the supermarket and stock up with food. Nothing, nothing is open. Nothing is open for two days even. No it's restaurants either. No restaurant, nothing. So it's kind of difficult. Yeah. You, need to know, you need to know, August 15th is a holiday, a real holiday. And one time I went to um, Bassano. I should have other stories from other countries, but this is Italy as well. Um, <laughs> And uh, we were supposed to go to the National Museum. It's where they have Otzi, the 4,500-year-old man that they found in the Dolomites. Mm, Yeah. Again, I have gone many, many times, brought many groups. I love, it is so obscure uh, of a museum, but it's so well done. And everyone I've brought said, yeah, we saw that on the itinerary. We weren't, we were like, okay, here's Wendy and her history again. But it's so well done that you're transfixed by everything. And it really only takes about an hour to go through, but you kind of don't want to leave when you're done, when you find out about, you know, the, the dolomites and the glaciers or the glaciers that melted, carved the Alps. And, and so they, they've really done it well. So I am taking a group and I'm, so proud. I've done this so many times and it's closed on Mondays. I could have just checked, but I've never, ever obviously been through there on a Monday before. (laughs) So do you have any travel tips that you can give our listeners? So right now, my biggest travel tips are if you are going to book future traffic travel, one, always use a credit card. Because most credit cards right now have built-in coverage for what is happening. So uh, you can even ask while you're booking it, the credit card company, I know this is future travel. We don't know what the future is going to hold. What is your policy if I have to cancel or refund based on COVID and what's going on? You just have a much better response than paying by transfer or paying, uh, you know, in cash out of an account. Another thing is, is book directly through the company. So book through the airline, book through the hotel. Uh, One, they need to recoup some of their costs from the travel being thwarted in the last few months. And all of the third party, booking.com, Expedia, TripAdvisors, all of them charge a 15 to 18% fee on top of what the rate is. 
And so you're not always guaranteed to get a person if something goes wrong on the other end when you're dealing with those third parties. And I know that it's hard to not press that easy button because it's super easy when you're looking and researching travel to just hit that orbits button. It's right in front of you, but it will probably cause you major headaches in the future if you have to cancel or if there's an issue with trying to rebook. Another thing, tip number three is always when you're making a reservation now, write an email so that you have a written discussion with the bed and breakfast or hotel that you're staying with, even if it's a Marriott, and ask them what their policies are during COVID. How much is your lead time? Do I have to give you 30 days notice? And what percentage will I get back if it's two weeks or two days? So you have that email confirmation and there's no misunderstanding between the possible reservation and a possible cancellation. Because I do know that people are very nervous about booking future travel. However, there are these simple steps that you can take that will probably protect you on on your end. And are people in the States now booking airfares? Because in Europe, it's still very nervous. It's very polarized. So you have some people who are just throwing caution to the wind, don't wear masks, just out there spreading everything. And then you have other people who are not traveling and they're going to delay. Uh, I had six trips planned for Europe in 2020 and four of them have been rescheduled for next year. I know that we want to be in a hurry to get back to traveling like we did, but I think it's going to be cautiously and I'm eager, I'm ready, but I also want to be safe (laughs) and I want, I want my clients to be safe too. I think that's a priority. Safety must come first for everybody. So Wendy Payne, thank you very much for appearing on our travel podcast. It's been an absolute delight talking to you. And we wish you the very best for your post-viral travels around America and Europe. Thank you, Felice and Peter. It was so great to be here. I hope to chat with you again soon. That's all for now. If you've enjoyed the show, do please visit our website, actionpacktravel.com, or subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, or another of the many platforms that we're on. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, Please share it with at least one other person. And I am you. And you are me. It's just a crazy storm.